following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. my fangirl after all those years yes Kate was in my kids church and youth church and now look at her changing the world I love it love that you're still here investing so well Hillary and Dash what an honor to be here with you and your church um I do want to say that in the midst of the events of this week um and I don't want to say anything more than that that I want to just affirm that you have a couple who are leading you who are a couple who are full of integrity who love Jesus, who love you. Quite often when we have conversations, the, uh, the conversation turns to how can we reach our city, um, how can we reach people for Jesus, and, uh, and just talking often about the challenges which are going on in the lives of people here. And so I want to say that you've got the real deal. You've got a, a, a couple who really do walk with Jesus and they walk in leadership with Jesus. So I just want to honour you too. Thank you for inviting me. I know you've probably got many other people that who you could open your uh, pulpit and your platform to, but just the honour of doing that is... Uh, I just thank you for that and uh, do honour you for, for your journey and what you've done in church. I love the fact that this is uh, overflowing. And uh, I was looking at your building at the back there. God, may that come quickly. I'm sure you're saying that too. Uh, Many finances from heaven drop into your bank account and uh, you can go for the build because, yeah, it looks like you are well and truly overflowing. I went for a walk outside there and saw your TV set up there. So it's time. It's time for a, a new building. So, Well, I love the fact that uh, the series, the sermon series that's ha- uh, happening at the moment is uh, Promises Jesus Made. I don't know how many, um, how many other uh, messages you've had in this series um, too. Great. Um, I love the fact that it's, it's entitled that. It's because we live in a world where there is, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of constant noise on TV, through social media, through uh, the supposed experts who talk to us on Facebook and tell us what's really going on in the world, the conspiracy theories. There is the people at work who want to tell us what's really going on. And then there is the people in your street. There's the people around you. There's people in your family. There's a lot of noise that tries to speak into our life. There's a lot of people who say, well, look, this is really what's going on and this is really what this is happening and this is, and this is really the thing that you're going to have to be worried about and, and I can see it all happening and, and we should be worried, we should be fearful. However, ultimately, in the midst of all that's going on in the world and your world and our world, we must always come back to the words that will always give us confidence. And will always give us a strong foundation that will take us to a place of peace and direction. It will. It, they are the ones that cannot fail. They are. They are unbreakable. They are. They are words that that will, can be tested and found true, time and time again. A member of my family continually watches the Bolt Report. Every night she watches the Bolt Report, and the and and whenever we meet. She tells me about what Bolt has told her. But you know what? The thing I've noticed is that the more she watches the Bolt report, the more fearful she comes and more worried about what's going on. She's a godly woman, someone who loves Jesus. Yet what is she hearing? She's hearing fear 
and she's hearing this is going to happen and that's what's going on there. And what happens in her is no longer does she have a confidence. Her life is now based on the what if. But can I tell you this morning that Jesus' promises are sure. Jesus' promises are unbreakable. Jesus' promises are 100% trustworthy. Now, we as Christians are not meant to gamble our money. But can I tell you, if you did have to gamble on something, if you did have to put your money on something, I can tell you that God is faithful. I can tell you that every time, and as as, uh, has been said already by Hillary, sometimes we get upset at how slow things seem to be. Or we look at others and say, well, what about them? What's happening with me? The truth is this, is that God will not break a promise. Whatever he has promised you, whatever is going on in your life at the moment, he will keep his promise. So this morning I want to look at one of the promises that Jesus made. And this promise particularly I felt led to preach on is because for some of you, maybe for all of us, I feel that God wants to say to you, take your eyes off your circumstances. Take your eyes off your circumstances. Forget how you feel or what has happened previously. I want you to make a decision this morning to say, God, I put my circumstance. I put my life back into your hands because there's a lot of stuff that's going on that doesn't make sense, that causes me to be fearful or worried or concerned. But God, I'm going to put it in your hands. I'm going to live in your promises. I'm going to trust you who the Bible calls the great I am. In Exodus, when Moses is out in the wilderness and he's, he, he's feeling the failure of life, he's feeling like, God, I've messed up. And God calls him to go to Pharaoh. He says, well, what am I supposed to say? I'm just a shepherd. I'm just a failure. And God says, tell him, I am has sent you. I am. What does I am mean? It means that God is all-consuming powerful. God is all-consuming. God is God. And you can't describe him other than God. That is the God who lives within us. God is not this far away old man in the sky looking down, hoping that he can help you. God is the all-consuming, all-faithful, all-powerful God. And so I want to talk about a promise that God makes based on the fact of who God is this morning. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, do not worry. Easier said than done. Do not worry. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start verse 25 to 34. And we're going to see what Jesus says and what he promises in the midst of this verse. It's on the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is giving a sermon to a whole lot of people, not just his disciples. There's people crowding around and he's really saying, if you want to live as a follower of me, if you want to have a strong foundation, this are the words in which you need to hear and understand. Jesus said, starting at verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry 
about your life. Jesus makes a declaration. Do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you wear. I can guarantee you Jesus, when he said that, is thinking about every teenager. Every teenager, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Why are you in the bathroom for an hour? And I've got boys. What can you do for an hour in the bathroom? Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable? Valuable. I want you to just to sit and think about that. Are you not much more valuable? What does the word valuable mean? Well, it means something that's of great value, obviously. It's something that's important. I want to put a photo up on the screen okay why are we talking about holding commodores in church this is a 1982 peter brock who was a racing car driver for all those who are young you may not have even heard of him but he was a racing driver he was a famous australian racing car driver now this piece of tin i mean this car this car with rubber wheels and no stereo system and no air conditioning um, and a fancy seat, but only one seat so you can't take your family anywhere. This car here, in 2018, sold at auction. A car sold at auction. For $2.1 million, million. Have a look. That's $2.1 million dollars now it's a car (laughs) but can I tell you this it's a valuable car this car I'm sure will never see the road it will be put in a garage and this garage will have 107 alarms it will be put up on blocks It will probably have air conditioning so that in summer it's cold and in winter it's hot. It's not going to move from that spot. Occasionally the owner will drive, well, will start the engine. He'll rub the wheels down. He'll lovingly give it a polish. Why? Because it's valuable. Can I tell you what he's not going to do? He's not going to say to his 16-year-old son, let's take you out for your learners. Let's take the Brock Commodore. Guaranteed. And he's not going to say, hey, honey, to his wife, we need some bread and milk. Why don't you take the Brock Commodore down to the Coles car park where you're guaranteed to get your door slammed or people to run into you in the Brock Commodore? Why not? Because it's valuable. It has value on it. So he will protect it. He will care for it. He will love for it. He will make sure that it is never in need and never in want and that it is never run down. That is how God sees 
you. That is what he says about each one of you. You are valuable. I love the fact what Marcel said before about his conversations with God and you are valuable to him. And I love the fact that you have that conversation with him. At the end of this service, Pastor Hillary says, Gee, thank you for coming to PCC. I want to give you this lump of gold. Pretend it's not a tissue box. <laughs> I know it's a tissue box, okay. I want to give you this lump of gold. Thank you very much. It's worth $2 million, but hey, you're worth it. Thanks, Hillary. So I take it home and I say, hey, Charlene, that's my wife. Guess what they gave me? They gave me this lump of gold. It's worth $2 million. Charlene is not going to say, fantastic. You know what? For so long I thought we need a doorstop for that back door. (laughs) Just chuck it over there. That's great. That'll be heavy enough. Why? Because it's valuable. God says, do not worry. Why? Because you are valuable. And when something is of value, he will look after it. He will care for it. He will keep an eye on it. He will keep a watch on it. Can any of you worry? Can can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Oh, how we need to hear that. Those times when we're lying in bed at night, worrying, how's not sleeping going to help? But we do. I do. And why do you worry about clothes? Back to the teenagers. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, promise, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry is a declaration. Promise, will he not much more clothe you? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need it earlier on in this passage which we didn't read today Jesus addresses prayer and he says it again your father knows what you need even before you ask oh God I need that I need that job I know God financially I'm struggling I know God, my marriage is in turmoil. I know. When you pray, when we pray, we're not telling God something he doesn't know. We are aligning our faith saying, God, you know it and I know it. But I want to bring it to you and say, God, I'm going to need your help to see it come to pass. Do not worry. Why? Because he knows that you need it. So because we know that he needs it, that he knows already, and he knows that we need it, what should our posture be? Seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What's our posture? Head up. Lord, it's in your hands. I trust you. But there's no money in my bank account. I trust you. But God, my wife and I aren't talking to each other. We're going through a bad time. I trust you. But Lord, my job, you know that I, it, it's, it's at risk. I trust you. The pronouncement, do not worry. The promise, I know what you need. The posture, God, I'm seeking you first. I'm looking to you first. I'm not, I'm not going to get caught up in what I see and what I feel. God, it's about you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So how do we know? How do we know that we can trust God? How do we know that these are just not empty words? I've, been, I've heard enough politicians who said, trust me. The road will happen. This will happen. And inside all of us are thinking, yeah, right. So when Jesus says, don't worry because I know what you need, sometimes there can be a little bit of that scepticism of, yeah, right. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, or forever. Jesus, God, has not changed. He still can do what we read about in the Old Testament. He can still do what he did in the New Testament. He can still do what he did in your family 10 years ago today. He's not changed. He's not grown weaker. When I was growing up, the show my parents wouldn't let me watch is The Simpsons. But because they wouldn't let me watch it, guess what I watched? The Simpsons. Classic parenting fail. Tell them what they can't watch and then they will watch it. And you know how they portray God? Old, with a beard, distant, forgetful. God is none of those things. In fact, he can do immeasurably more than we can even conceive. He's not limited by what we think he can do when he's not limited by what the world says he can do. God is God and that's what makes God different from us. But the fact that when Jesus left physically the earth and left his Holy Spirit who now lives in us, God lives in us. And works in us. And that power that he did when he raised people from the dead. When he said be healed and they were healed. When, when Peter walked along. I think it was Peter. And he had his handkerchief. And people would just go and get healed. That God is still the same God today and forever. Today and forever. God cannot lie. God cannot forget. He cannot break his word. He's not forgetful or powerless or uncaring. He keeps his promises. And that's what's so good about this series you're doing. Because everything you're reading will happen. 
It's guaranteed. It's absolutely definite. So when Jesus says, do not worry, his promise is well-founded. So to prove this, and I've got about 10 minutes, I want to look at yesterday, an event of yesterday from the Old Testament, where God says, don't worry to someone, and he comes through. Because I again want us to reaffirm, he's done it before, he can do it again. So if you've got your Bibles, 1 Kings 17 verses 8 to 16, we're going to look at the story of a widow who lived in a town called Zarephath. And there's so much, I could probably do a 40 minute sermon just on this story. But I want to at least just touch the edges so we get a sense of the faith that we can have in a God who will not disappoint Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and she did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for a family. So much more they could have put in the middle of there, but it just goes from she did what he said and everything was provided for. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. Why? In keeping with the word of the Lord. In brackets, the promise of God spoken by Elijah. Why did the miracle happen? Because God keeps his promise. Do not worry. God keeps his promises. That's really where our life sits on. There's many reasons why it can't happen. But there's one reason why it can. When God promises, he's true and he's faithful. Here we see a lady's husband has died. She's a widow. She has no soulmate and she has no provision of funds. Her husband would have provided the money, would have provided the food. She now is a woman who has nothing. No social security, no Centrelink. She literally is one meal left. No exaggeration, no hidden can of baked beans in the back of the cupboard that that you can't really count as food. She really had one meal left and then that was it. That was it. She has a son. We all know what boys are like. I I have three sons. And they eat. They eat a lot. That's my family. Ethan's 22. Hudson's 20. Declan's about to turn 17 soon. I know what boys are like. They eat. So she now not only has one meal left, she has one meal left and a teenage son 
who while we joke about it, they like to eat. Imagine the fear and the concern. It's not just me, God. Take me, but not my son. There's a severe drought. There's not much water. There's not many crops. Things are dying. People aren't giving food away. Things are grim for her. When she looks around, can't get help from there. 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 I have exhausted all of my avenues. Okay. One meal left. It wasn't exaggeration. It was reality. One meal left left she's poorer than poor she has absolutely nothing she has no natural hope no natural hope nothing that can say this is going to happen in fact when Elijah sees this woman he meets this woman she's gathering sticks and her plan that morning was I'll gather those sticks I'll make a small fire I'll put that little bit of flour and that little bit of oil the end be nothing left after I've done that we'll make the bread And then my son and I will sit inside our house. And we'll wait to die. That's end of your rope kind of stuff. Things were that bad. No natural then God God enters the picture in the shape of a man called Elijah a prophet and God says through Elijah to this woman do not be afraid he doesn't know what's going on in life do not worry do not fear other versions of the Bible say, do not be afraid, do not fear, do not want. He speaks to her situation. So I want to say this morning to you, what is it that you need? What is it that God's, you're saying to God, oh God, I'm like that widow. There's really nothing else I can do. And you are full of fear and you're full of worry. Can I encourage you? God is on to it. God knows what's going on. Early in my ministry, um, Kate will probably remember her. There was a lady called Dillis Roberts. She was a beautiful lady. She's gone to glory and boy, I'm sure Jesus is loving having her. She was just one of the most godly women I ever met. When I became senior pastor of the church with all my inadequacies, I was 28. Kate can tell you all my faults. And I thought, how on earth can I do this? Well, she wrote me a card. And it's still stuck in my mind. And it said this, just these simple words. Worry does you no good in the midst of your circumstances. But knowing God is in the midst of your circumstances, that is what will do you good. Worry will do no good. You can worry all you like. It's not going to help. But knowing God is in the midst of your circumstances. He know, you know he's there. His promise is there. His, his, um, our confidence is in him. His power is there. That is who we can put our trust in. That is a, a promise of God that cannot not happen. Jesus, sorry, here we see Elijah talking 
a prophet of God talking to a hopeless widow. Not only a hopeless widow, a Gentile. Think about that. God sending his servant, not to a prince, not to a famous person, not someone who can necessarily do good things for him, but sends it to a woman who had no hope and who wasn't even a Jew, one of God's chosen people. He sends Elijah for one person. Why? Because she was valuable. Because she was a person. As simple as that. God calls each person a human being and says, you are of value. You are important. You are not just a speck. You're not just a number. You're valuable. So then we see that Elijah then goes ahead and says to her, use the last of those ingredients. Go and make that piece of bread you're going to make. And I'm talking about a piece of bread that size, not 19 slices, chip top size bread. About that size, size of your fist. Go and make that and then we'll all eat it together. Is that what your version says? My Bible says, go and make that bread and give it to me, being Elijah, first can we maybe bargain this out can I give it to my son at least or can we just maybe you know I'll make it eat it then you eat but it says that she went and did what Elijah asked her to do and the jar of flour and the jug of oil didn't run out why Because God is a God who keeps his promises. The other thing I want to just draw out, this as I said, I could speak so much more on this because there's so much we can grab from God, is the fact that daily he provided for her. He He didn't say, all right, here you go, widow, there's your barrel of oil. Here you go, widow, here's your barrel of flour that'll be a couple of years worth no each day she must go to that cupboard take out that little jar and that of of, uh, oil and that little container of flour take it make it put it back in that cupboard with nothing in it eat it go to sleep I wonder if it's gonna be there tomorrow gets up takes it out oh it's full again not two weeks worth not two days worth one day's worth why did God do that because he wanted this lady to learn. It's not about what you see. It's not about how much money you've got in your, in your account. It's not how much food you've got in your cupboard. It's the fact that I daily can provide for you. God, 100% trustworthy. God, who 100% keeps his word. God, who cannot lie. God, who cannot forget. God, who cannot break his word. As I finish, the problem we have is we struggle with our timing versus God's timing. And we think, God, you haven't heard, you've forgotten me. God, you love other people more than me. But the thing with God is that where we stand here 
and look at what's happening in our life. God stands beginning to end. And where you are right now is just there. But God sees it all. Can we just put that map up on the screen? I read this many times and I often thought, yeah, Elijah was just in the area. You'll see Kerith Brook. That's where Elijah was when God spoke to him. The top in red is Zarephath. That's where the widow was. 137 kilometres. 137 kilometres away. When does Elijah arrive to this widow? A couple of days before she has no food left? No. A couple of days after she's used her last meal? No. On the very day when she had one meal left, Elijah comes and says, Do not be afraid. Now, in my calculation, say Elijah walked 20 kilometres a day. Let's just say that. It would have taken him seven days to get there. God had already spoken to Elijah before she even saw him. Elijah was already walking towards her before she even saw him. He could have been walking for two weeks or three weeks or four weeks even. But on the right time, On just the right day, God provides the miracle. Where are you putting your trust this morning, Parramatta City Church, Christian Church? Where is your eyes? Is it on what you see? Is it what you hear? Or is it based on God's word where he says, do not worry, for I know what you need before you even speak it. I want everyone just to close your eyes and I'm going to pray and then I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Hillary. So I want to ask each of you this morning, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? What is it that you need Jesus to say to you this morning? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. What are you listening out for? What is it you need to hold on to the promise of God for? Is it your health? That diagnosis that doctors said and you just think, God, there's no hope. Do not be afraid. That financial situation you're in the midst of. Don't worry. Maybe your child, son, your daughter is not walking with God. Don't worry. That baby you so desire, that job, your marriage, that relationship, whatever it might be this morning, I want you to hear the word of God and the voice of God that says, do not worry. Why? Because he's faithful. And right from the very start, He keeps his promises and he's not late. He already knows what you need 
He just knows the right time. Father, I pray for each person here this morning. Lord, I thank you that God, we can look around in a world that just seems there is so much to be fearful. Lord, we see wars, we see famines, we see natural disasters. Lord, we see people hurting each other. We see concerns about our own things going on in our own life and we sometimes get fearful. This morning, we remind ourselves that God, you are faithful. And we remind ourselves of the words of Matthew 6 that says that you know what we need. And Lord, so we choose to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, believing that all that we need, all that you have for us, you will provide. Because Lord, you are a promise-keeping Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.